The Church Media Podcast, episode 138, Avoiding Predictable Worship Experiences with Ben Stapley. Let's do it. Hey there. Welcome to the Church Media Podcast. The definitive podcast for helping you create dynamic experiences and build solid media production teams at your church. We're bringing you knowledge and insight from top media professionals from around the world. Useful, practical content in the areas of live production, design, leadership, digital communications, and more. The show notes for this episode and all archive episodes of the show are available online now at the Church Media Podcast. Podcast.com. And now, broadcasting from the ministry headquarters of 1230 Media, here's your host, church media coach, Carl Barnhill. Welcome to the podcast this week. I don't know about you, but we've barely had a chance to catch our breath after Easter before jumping right back in to ministry at full throttle. I hope you're getting some rest and time with your family. We're trying to make that a priority on our team as well. You can get so bogged down in the details that you can forget to make the main thing the main thing, you know? Uh, One main thing that I'm passionate about is pastoring your people first. I even wrote a book about this very topic. It's called Pastor First, 15 Ways to Win the Hearts of Your Volunteers. In the book, I share 15 practical ways to make people your first priority in ministry. You can pick it up on our website at 1230.media forward slash pastor first. Again, that's 1230, all spelled out, dot media forward slash pastor first. And for podcast listeners only, you can use the promo code secret sauce at checkout for 10% off the book. That's 1230.media forward slash pastor first, promo code secret sauce, and get 10% off the book for your team. Okay, today I welcome back Ben Stapley from Liquid Church once again. Today we're going to be chatting about how to not let your worship experiences be so routine, how to avoid the predictable. Really good stuff here. My interview with Ben is coming up in about 60 seconds. Pastoring your people is the secret sauce to building a dynamic volunteer culture at your church. You have to care about who your volunteers are becoming more than what they do on your team. That's why I wrote the ebook Pastor First, 15 Ways to Win the Hearts of Your Volunteers. In the book, I share 15 practical ways to make people your first priority in your tech ministry. Each book in our online store has been selected to help you learn how to transform the worship experiences at your church. Our experienced team of in-house authors are writing content to help you thrive in the areas of audio, video, lighting, stage design, volunteer culture, and more. We've also selected books from authors that we know and trust to provide you with the best content for enhancing your media and production ministry. Pick up Pastor First, 15 Ways to Win the Hearts of Your Volunteers today. And for listening to this podcast, use the coupon code SECRETSAUCE at checkout for 10% off the book right now at 1230.media forward slash books. That's 10% off my ebook, Pastor First, right now by using the coupon code SECRETSAUCE, one word, at checkout at 1230.media forward slash books. 
This is an exclusive interview from the Ministry of 1230 Media. Here is Church Media Coach Carl Barnhill. Hey guys, my guest today is Ben Stapley. Ben's been here with us a few times. We're going to have to start putting him on the payroll if he keeps coming back. Uh, He's a communicator, creative pastor, and producer. He serves on staff at Liquid Church in wonderful New Jersey. you got to be called to New Jersey to be there. Um, (laughs) You do. You do. Welcome back, Ben. Thanks for hanging out, man. Carl, thanks for having me. Thanks for the shout-out for my incredible... Even though I'm a Canadian... You might hear some outs and abouts. I yes. do love living in Jersey for the past decade. Awesome, man. Awesome. Well, uh, man, I'm so excited to have you back. We have uh, a lot of similar passions, and we were just talking uh, before we started recording of uh, some of our um, <laughs> frustrations or encouragements that we might uh, have for uh, pastors and leaders. So, uh, man, I appreciate your heart, and uh, thank you so much for being here again. We love your content. Love your community. Great to be here. Now, today I want to chat about the topic of avoiding predictable worship experiences. So if you've been in church world a while, things can seem to get a little routine sometimes. So, uh, Ben, you have some ideas on how to get out of that rut. So set us up. How can we avoid yeah. predictable, uh, predictable services at our church? The first thing is just to call out the fact that it, it, this is an easy rut to get into. So if you're there, don't beat yourself up. Uh, we've all been there in the past. Uh, also, the cycle of creating a great experience, a great service, um, a great venue for people to be at and encounter God uh, 52 times over the course of the year can be daunting, right? And so it can be easy for us just to feel the weight of that and to kind of shell up or, worse yet, uh, kind of go back to what was just tried and true and to phone it in to say, well, I guess I, this thing worked last year, or this thing that worked last month, or it worked a decade ago, let's trot it out again and do it again. So um, first of all, let's give ourselves a bit of a break, but then acknowledge this can be a problem, and then let's acknowledge some potential ways to get out of that rut. Uh, for myself, it's as a creative, it's not just for myself that I'm bringing my best work to the table. For me, I need to keep the vision that I'm trying to have people have a fresh encounter with God every Sunday across all those 52 Sundays. Um, but no when we're going to have new people in, when God wants them to encounter Him in a fresh way. So I need to, I need to bring my A game because eternity is on the stake. Eternity is on the line for these people every Sunday. Now, you have some uh, approaches that you've used to kind of help us avoid the predictable. Um, so let's talk through a, a few of these. What's your... What's your number one way to avoid predictable worship experiences? Hmm. The first one is to acknowledge that you have a liturgy. I'm sure um, there's a wide range of people listening into our conversation today that in terms of uh, an, a rural church or an urban church, a, a high church or a low church, a young or, or, or an old church, regardless of what you are, what your denomination is, your, if you're non-denominational, whatever it is, you have a liturgy. And some people, hey, what's a liturgy? Liturgy is basically an order of service. Like, this is the way we do a service. Um, so a lot of high churches might be nodding their heads right now, saying, yes, we have a liturgy, and it goes like this. And a lot of low churches or non-denominational ones say, no, 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 we broke out of that mold. We don't have a liturgy. And then I might say, okay, what have your past 10 Sundays looked like? And they'd say, okay, we have a three-song set opener. Got it. Uh, we have a hosting spot in which they throw the video announcements. Got it. Um, we have a message, we collect the offering, and then a, um, a concluding song and dismissal. Got 
that is your liturgy. You've done it every Sunday, or you, with small modifications, you do it every Sunday. So first of all, acknowledge what your liturgy is, and then try to find fresh ways. More importantly, try to find fresh ways to break out of it. So uh, we always do communion. Uh, it's once a month. We do it at the end of the message. Well, what would it look like to do it at the beginning of the service? Like literally before we even get into worship, um, have like a really somber playlist. And people are coming in, and like, the music's not upbeat, that's odd. And to have your lead pastor come up and say, hey, we're doing something different today. Um, Christ's death and his resurrection is so powerful. We're not going to wait to the end of the service. We're going to celebrate that right now. So let's jump into the depth of that, not at the end, but right now, and shake people up by just having the same elements, but moving them around so it feels fresh and you catch people off guard. So uh, you got a liturgy. you got a liturgy acknowledge what it is, and then find unique ways to break that so it doesn't become stale. And I love that, especially that last line there, is know your liturgy so that you can break it. <laughs> know, know what it is so that you can move things around. And I think that so many people are, are scared to do that, one. And I think, two, it requires some work and some planning to do that. So it's it would be easy— almost lazy a little to have the same routine to go through, oh, we just kind of plug this song in here, this one in here, this is our flow. Okay, done, I'm out. Um, it does take some forethought and some additional planning sometimes to move things around to go, okay, how is how are we going to do this because it's here? What does this transition look like now? That sort of thing. Do you have any thoughts there? Yeah, the I think the biggest hurdle in relationship to, to this can be the music because sometimes it gets very formulaic that you're going to have upbeat opener uh, and you're going to, if you're going to introduce a new song, you're going to put it in the middle of the set and then you're going to have something tried and true that people know that's going to be an anthem like to conclude the set. And that is how the worship set goes every Sunday. So I've seen that tried and true method and that rutness that people get into uh, the most frequently with worship. So, in terms of that worship set, the way you can break that up is simple. Uh, maybe we'll have an opener, we'll throw the announcements and offering then, and then come out and do a bigger set afterwards. Or maybe we'll we'll do a bigger set at the end of the message, and that will be the culminating um, moment, not the message itself, but we'll do a, an opener and three songs at the end. So however you can modify your service with those minor tweaks, um, that's beneficial. Uh, I always like to, to come at the run sheet or whatever, however you order your service um, with fresh eyes every Sunday in our service programming meeting so that we're not coming into the rut and not looking as a, um, a default template that we're just filling in blanks, but saying if we if the canvas is blank, how do we want to paint in it this Sunday? So in your creative meeting, how many weeks in advance do you guys talk about and, and uh, plan out? So we have two levels of structure. We'll look at uh, the bigger picture for an upcoming series. So we'll, let me back up. We will plan the year out uh, in advance, basically a series per month. So we'll get our 12 series. We'll do that in November as we're looking towards the next year. So we did that this past November, and then we kind of knew where we were going to go in 2018. Uh, that's the year perspective. The monthly perspective is once we, once we get into a series, we start looking at the next one. So... Um, you know, we just started a series here called Fast. It's uh, it's a week or so in. We're now jumping towards the next series and looking at that from a creative perspective, like the big ideas. What's the set going to look like? What's the graphic, the video bumper? What are the um, 
what are the worship backgrounds going to feel like for the series? What are the fonts, et cetera, et cetera? So we'll look at that from a bigger picture perspective, from a kind of mid-level perspective, a month out. Uh, and then what we do is we will, um, at a very um, atomized and um, smaller level, look at the um, the series, the, the, sorry, the Sunday coming up and the following Sunday. So we'll try to we'll try to plan two weeks in advance because oftentimes if you're not planning two weeks in advance, some things will catch, come up on you and you'll look at the bite you in the butt. It's like, oh, we, we need a postcards. Well, we, we should have we should have ordered those two weeks out. Or we uh, we need an extra supply of communion because we're now serving it with the the little K cups and we're doing that. And so you, uh, I found on a even a, on a atomized level, you need to be planning not just for the upcoming Sunday but the following Sunday as well. Yep. All right. You suggest to start with a bang. Uh, mm-hmm. maybe a big opener, possibly, or something else. Kind of walk me through this and how you guys have implemented this approach. Yeah, so it's funny. I was in a movie theater where this caught me off for the first time. Like, everything, most of our things, uh, most of our events in culture at large have some type of default uh, delay built into it. So previews will play before the, the movie actually begins. If you go to a sporting event, like, you know, the sport event doesn't actually start. It's, we're all going to stand and sing the anthem. So there's usually most of our cultural events, there's some type of delay built into it before the actual event starts. So people come to your church service with this mindset as well, expecting some type of delay. Um, in other words, we can come in late. We can miss the first song or the first couple of songs because it's, it's just that. Um, if you are able to, st- to start with a bang, then you catch people off guard. And then they get a sense that, oh, no, you know, the whole service is important. Uh, and sometimes they start with something really important. So an example of this is maybe you, you got a great video. It's, an, um, it's a video, and you, you would like to wait farther into the service to play it because you want everyone to see it. Well, sometimes it's nice to start with that killer video because then your, your worship leader or your pastor can refer to it and say, man, wasn't that really powerful video we saw to start the service? And then you start to educate and inform your people that, Oh, they missed out on something. And you tap into FOMO, right? Fear of missing out. And people, oh man, I, I missed out on that video. I wish I would have came earlier on time to actually see it. Um, one time we, we celebrated with everyone being on time by handing out chocolate bars with a church's logo on it. We just say, hey, everybody, you know, the worship leader, thank you for being at church on time today, this Sunday, to honor your investment in God and his activity in your life. The ushers are coming down the road and they're handing out chocolate bars. We just want to celebrate with you guys. Uh, grab a milk chocolate or a dark chocolate. You decide. Thank you for being on time. And then they're eating it, and everyone else, hey, how'd, you, how'd you get that chocolate bar? It's because I was on time. <laughs> you, it's a bang, right? It, you automatically let people know, oh, I missed out on something. Um, so I try to do that, you know, maybe once a month or even once a quarter. What's something really unique that we can put on the beginning of the service where people feel like they missed out on? Love that. When it comes to special holidays, uh, you talk about um, a once-and-done method. I love this. Walk, walk this out for us. Yeah, so I'm sure this is a sensitivity for anyone um, listening in who's planning a service, participating in a service, that you have a lot of special interest groups in your service. Uh, be it, you know, that one person who's um, uh, Irish, and they feel that you got to mention St. Patty's Day, or if you don't, the service is incomplete, or it's the one person who loves President's Day. And, and I'm kind of going off here and joking about it, but there is a reality that 
um, almost church services can start to feel like a, ha- um, a hallmark holiday, and every holiday on the calendar needs to be acknowledged. So first of all, identifying which ones you really need to acknowledge and leverage, and um, and then place them in their appropriate place in the service. So say like once and done, is there is there a chance that you can, hey, there's a lot of veterans in the service, and we want to acknowledge them at some point. Well, what's the way in which we can acknowledge them in the service but then move on to the bigger picture of what the service is talking about and it not dominating it. Uh, um, this could be the case for, for Mother's Day, Father's Day, um, like I said, Veterans Day, Memorial Day. Those are some of the big ones um, uh, in the past. September 11th was as well for us. Um, uh, MLK Day was for us a big event. But how do you do this in your service so that it feels that it has the appropriate honor, respect, acknowledgement but it also doesn't dominate that Sunday and that service and the bigger idea that you're trying to hit. So with experience, I'm going to switch gears on you. Uh, With experiences in our culture like Sutherland Springs and the Parkland shooting and other things Mm -hmm. like that, uh, crisis in our culture uh, can happen. Unfortunately, it probably will happen. Um, how do we, what are some of the best ways to address a, a cultural crisis uh, in a worship experience? Yeah, this is, this is a tough one. Um, it's tough for a couple of reasons. First of all, there's national tragedies, and there's, there's um, global tragedies that are happening literally every week. So um, there's a sensitivity in terms of knowing where your people have compassion fatigue and how much is too much. Um, on the flip side, People want to know that your God loves the world, and his heart breaks when tragedy hits. And so for you to be mute on all these tragedies um, starts to, con- uh, to convey the fact that God, he's up in the heavens, but he's not down here on the earth, and he doesn't feel the pain that we feel, and he didn't actually walk this earth 2,000 years ago. That is false, and churches need to combat that by addressing cultural crises, um, not only in their church service, but beyond that, they need to do it in a way um, on their social media as well, because uh, oftentimes if these tragedies hit Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and you're, not, and you're waiting until Sunday to respond, you've missed the boat. Because people want to know what your stance is on this. Um, there, there can be really sensitive issues in relationship to this. So um, in relationship to the here's – a, here's a one that's really tender – is uh, the shooting um, down in Florida a number of years ago um, in the uh, uh, the gay nightclub, you know? Uh, so if a church doesn't talk about that and that tragedy of that shooting, does that mean it was okay because they were homosexuals and that God doesn't love them? Well, no, that's not true. And so how do you how do you navigate that and talk about what issues? What issues do you talk about? What issues don't you talk about? Um, there's a complete sensitivity towards where your church is at and what God is calling you to communicate. And that will look different at each church, because first of all, there are different people that are there. And as leaders, you need to be one step ahead of your congregation. If you're two steps, they can't follow you. So I'm sure as a pastor or leader, you might, you might, I wish our people were here farther down the road. Well, they're not. Be one step ahead of them. And that differs from congregation to congregation. The other issue here uh, in relationship to this is um, making sure that you have some type of action step occasionally. Mm. So thoughts and prayers are nice, but um, God calls his people to be a people of action, a people of doing, a people of restoration. So what does it mean, what does it look like for us to maybe partner and to send people down to this hurricane-hit region? Or what does it look like to maybe go out as a church and to have a prayer vigil 
over the shooting location because because for us just to say our thoughts and prayers are with these people and for us to put a, a social media slide up, you know, pray for X spot or B spot or Y spot, that can become tone deaf. That is all your church does. That it's, um, you know, our faith without actions is dead. So what does it mean to actually put our faith into action when these tragedies hit? Um, having that uh, be a part of your service and a call to action as a part of your service is important. Uh, for us here, uh, so that's like a very way to make sure you don't have predictable services, to take up time to respond to that tragedy. We actually have like a, a small team that is actually that's on our radar. And so anytime a tragedy hits, we have a powwow and say, how do we respond to this one? Um, if you as a church don't have that team or that individual having that oversight, you need to uh, identify somebody so that when that tragedy hits, um, someone has leadership for how to respond and how to respond with tact as well. Good. All right. So another method that you suggest when it comes to uh, making sure that your service, uh, your worship services aren't predictable is to throw your audience a curveball. Oh, I love this. What, what do you mean by this? Yeah, we, we talked about this a little bit before in terms of like starting with a ba- starting with a bang is one way. Uh, another way is like breaking up that that liturgy, breaking up that service flow. Uh, for us, one of the ways in which we did that is we had a service day, a service project. So we gathered everybody to church and said, "Hey, thanks for being here. It's awesome. Um, now we're going to send you to the exit doors, and we're all going to love on our community um, by cleaning up, literally by cleaning up the trash, cleaning up the neighborhoods around. We've identified those areas. Uh, we have." sanitation gloves for everybody to participate. Um, let's go forth on love on our community in this particular way. So people came to churches. Or, I'm coming to church for a regular service, and then we threw them a complete curveball. We said, you know what, we're going to be the church today. We're going to leave our walls, and we're going to love on our community. So there's, there's ways in which you can do that completely with a service by overhauling and overthrowing your service with a different venture than what's been planned. Um, or there's like small ways in which you can do it as well that this is something that was completely unexpected and giving people a new experience so they don't know what's coming. Uh, we, you know, we talked before about the chocolate bars at the beginning of the service. What's something that just catches people off guard and they didn't see coming? So I always like to say, oh, what's the curveball we can throw in there? That's hard to do because it sometimes is a little disruptive to your family ministries or whoever it might be. But what are, what are curveballs that are still complementary to your overall organization. In other words, you still took the offering, uh, but still can engage people outside of your four walls. Your final suggestion uh, when it comes to this is uh, you call all killer, no filler. Well, what is that? Yeah, so we uh, at Liquid Church, we have 80-minute services, uh, and we look at each of those minutes as a gift from God. And we want to steward each of those minutes well. And because of that, we try to have all killer, all great killer, no filler uh, content. Nothing that's in there just to take up time. Well, it's 80 minutes. I guess we'll, we'll put in an extra song or we'll have the, the, the host tell an extra lame joke just to fill up time. So no, no, no. Um, your services are a gift from God. God is giving you that authority and that responsibility to steward it and to steward it well. And for myself, I literally, when we're planning out services, I'll write that on dry erase boards to, to keep our focus tight and making sure we're bringing the best content, the best experience for people to engage God instead of phoning it in and giving them fluff. Like, this is literally with our, our hosts. Sometimes they'll, they'll jump in there and then make meander on a point. We say, you know what? Like, that's, you're meandering. You're giving them filler. Um, don't do that. Give them filler. Give them great content. And if you don't, then 
stop speaking and someone else will take that and take that extra minute that you were just kind of rambling on. They will take that and they will give that killer content. So it's on, it's on a planning aspect to remind yourself about that. And then it's on an execution end as well that whoever's overseeing, you know, you have a service producer, whoever it is, someone to have that tact to say, you know what, this element is getting a little, a little filler ish. It's having a little too much filler content and we need to cut down on it. So your content is tight. So it's the, it's the planning, and then it's the execution, somebody having that oversight and being able to talk to all the different parties involved, lead pastor, your hosts, your worship leader, whoever it might be, and to kind of hold them all accountable to their content. I love that you also say that uh, to avoid any moment that doesn't serve the vision of the morning. Um, who's <laughs> determining that for you guys? Is it a service producer? Is it a pastor? Who, who decides whether it serves the, the vision of the morning or not? Yeah, so here at Liquid Church, we our services are usually eighty minutes are usually broken down between thirty five percent for music, about fifteen percent of the time is for hosting, about fifty percent is for the message. And so, since the message is the majority or half the time, we let that set the is the pace car for the overall big picture. And then what we're communicating in our hosting, our announcement spot, uh, what we're what the feel, the tone of the vibe is, the worship, that will all be complementary and serve and support the message. Uh, so we'll, and to answer your question, that'll be set by the uh, whoever our lead communicator or lead teacher and preacher is that morning, and everyone else be complimentary. Now, that being said, there are some Sundays in which um, maybe in the planning process, the, the worship leader will communicate, hey, I got this new song, and it goes like this. And the lead pastor might say, wow, that is super powerful. I want, I want to build my message around that, because that... There's something special there going on there and how you're performing that and executing it. Um, let me serve, let my message serve your song set that Sunday and let me write a message around that song instead of the other way around. Uh, same thing with, um, with your announcements and the next steps that people are going to take. Sometimes it's, as an all church, we're all doing this next step. And because of that, you write your message around that, not the other way around. So usually to answer your question, it's our lead pastor setting that tone, but sometimes they set that tone in response to something that they know is going to happen that is super powerful. All right, as we wrap today, what are some, and this is our, this is our uh, passion spot right here, our, our wheelhouse, uh, is, is the Holy Spirit um, being the same Holy Spirit in your planning as uh, it is on a, on a worship or on, on Sunday or spontaneously? So what are some ways to make sure that we are being led by the Spirit in the planning um, and the execution of our services. Mm. Mm. Yeah, there's, a, there's an axiom I like to use, that the Holy Spirit is as present in your planning, your performance, and your, uh, sorry, your planning, your practice, and your performance. So the planning, when you're thinking about your ideas, uh, your performance, maybe it's your midweek performance with a worship team where everyone's getting frustrated at each other. Well, guess what? The Holy Spirit is there as well. Uh, he, he's not just there on your, uh, um, on your performance, uh, when you actually execute on a Sunday morning, he's there across all three, the planning, the practice, and the performance. So that's, that is something I need to remind myself and the teams that I lead. The other very practical way in which we do that is like basic things, but like opening up in prayer and a time of reflection and waiting on the Holy Spirit before you plan your creative ideas. Oftentimes we have the ideas when we want to come to the table and show them off and, and our show and tell with each other. Sometimes I say, you know what, we're just going to, we have our ideas, that's great. We're going to spend three, five minutes just sitting here in silence waiting on the Spirit and see what He has 
We have things that we want to say. What does he want to say to us as a group? So let's, we're, I'm putting on the clock. It's five minutes. We're going to take that time to listen, actively listen to the Holy Spirit to see what he has to say for us. Uh, something as well in the planning is I've had myself and other people, let's take our shoes and our socks off because we are literally on holy ground here. The Spirit is, we're planning for next year, but the Holy Spirit will give us guidance now. Let's acknowledge that um, through this act of reverence by taking our shoes and our socks off and acknowledging this is holy ground because He is here with us and we are not worthy. But even though we're not worthy, He is still shown up and He will still lead and guide us. Let's symbolize that by taking off our shoes and socks. So, like, those type of steps um, in the planning process reminds everybody that the Holy Spirit is doing something unique right there and right now. All right, as we wrap today, do you have any other parting thoughts as it relates to avoiding predictable worship services? Yeah, we... um, we talked about it a little bit offline, but the, the Holy Spirit aspect of it is, is huge, like you mentioned. Yeah. Um, the fact that we rely on Him, not just on Saturday night before the Sunday hits, but we're relying on Him all the time. Um, that'll make sure that we, we, we're tapping into Him and we're staying attuned to Him and hearing Him throughout the whole process, not just last minute when we're trying to throw things together. Good. Well, man, uh, thank you so much again for your time. Um, again, I'm going to have to start putting you on the payroll if you keep showing up. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm just kidding. How, how can we keep up with you? How can we follow you, man? Yeah, I would love for people to connect with me. Um, the best place to find out more information about me is my website, benstapley.info, or you can connect with me on social media. I'm Ben Stapley. I'm there across all the social medias. I'd love to connect with your audience. Awesome. Well, man, thank you so much. You are killing it. Um, at Liquid and online and all the the tips and tricks and advice that you're giving to churches um, is killer, man. So keep up the great work. Thanks, Carl. Thanks for having me. This has been an all-access interview from 1230 Media. For more interviews, training, and exclusive content for your production team, visit 1230.media slash training. One Nation Under God, the new film from Lisa Arnold, coming soon. That was just a taste of a new movie from director Lisa Arnold, who directed Cage No More and God's Not Dead. It's called One Nation Under God, stars Kevin Sorbo, Casper Van Dien, Antonio Sabato Jr., and others. It'll be out later this year, so be looking for that. For all show notes, transcripts, and more resources for your team, you can visit thechurchmediapodcast.com. On the next Church Media Podcast. Next week on the show, I'll be joined by my new friend, Brian Mann. Brian is the creative director at Iglesia Houston. He's also the author of Tell More Stories, a practical guide for storytellers in the church. We'll be chatting all about how to tell compelling testimonies and other powerful stories in your church through video, and also how to build a story team at your church. Great stuff from Brian next week. Our podcast is a production of the Ministry 
1230 Media. The producer of our show is the one and only David Michael Hyde. And thank you for listening this week. Go out there and create some incredible experiences this weekend. I'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening to the Church Media Podcast. Please take a minute today to rate and review the show in iTunes. For show notes, archive episodes, and more free resources for your team, visit thechurchmediapodcast.com. We'll catch you right here next week for another episode of the Church Media Podcast. 